the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black in Your Money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Happy November 20th to you. We start with a little stock market angst. We get into some financial planning. We get into some business stories as the show goes on. Your calls, your emails also interweaved in. You can drop me an email, rob at robblack.com. It's rob at robblack.com. I think I have an email that I saved from yesterday that was pretty stunning. Um, let's see if I did. Otherwise, I'm going to have to use it tomorrow. Yeah, it's going to be a tomorrow issue, uh, unfortunately. Um, 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. First and foremost, let's talk a little markets. How are we doing? Um, SP 500 up 2. Dow's up 9. NASDAQ up 6. Retail sales were damn good. Like, really good. Just throwing it out there. Just so you know, uh, let's talk a little about retail sales and get a little bit of color on that before we get into other sexier issues like O'Shea Tesla. But retail growth sales jumped 4%, four times, quadrupled expectations. Uh, See, there's, like, jumped four times, no. Quadrupled, no. Quadrupled expectations, yes. Advanced October U.S. retail sales data. Shows that total sales rose four tenths of a percent better than expected. If you exclude autos, sales rose two tenths of a percent better than expected. September's number was revised higher, thus better than uh, performed. If you exclude both gas and autos, sales rose three tenths of a percent better than expected. Gas prices have been falling, and that's helping us buy more clothes. It's helping us eat and drink more. We're using the savings from lower gasoline prices to finance additional purchases of retail items, which helps clear inventories. Gas is expected to remain low for the foreseeable near term. And that should help lessen the anticipated impact of government shutdown on fourth quarter growth expectations. Other stories of note today. I saw this one. This did make me scratch my head. Um, real estate agent boom in the state of California is showing us one of the issues that is a problem. You don't want too many jobs created around one industry where they need people to sell homes. Is that really a, a big creation of wealth or is it just a transference of wealth? Number of ages peaked at the end of 2007. 
housing activity peaked in 2005. Number of salespersons licensing is off 32% from the peak, and it's down 3.3% year over year. Brokers licenses are only off 8.4% from the peak, but they're also still slowly declining on a year over year, month over month basis. So we're probably at a bottom, um, or very near bottom, for real estate licensees in California. But no sign yet of a bubble. But you could also say it became so unsexy to be in real estate, it became so unsexy to be in real estate, it became so unsexy to be in real estate that fewer and fewer people try to become salespeople. You know, in uh, the peak of '07, you had 400,000 you know, real estate licenses. Now it's all the way down to about 270. Um, at the start of the bull run for housing in 2000 2006, you're at 200,000. So it went from 200, 250, 300, 350, 400. Now it's back down to about 270. So we don't have that much room on the upside, but we have room on the upside. So other big stories of note today. Oh my, uh, Family Guy voice actors get a major payday for a 12th season. Mila Kunis, Seth Green, not. That's the creator stuff, McFarlane, but the primary voices other than him, and he's most of them. He's Peter, he's the dog, he's the baby, Stewie. But uh, listen to this. The four-member cast, total of five, was able to secure between one hundred seventy-five to $225,000 per episode for at least two more seasons, as many as five seasons. Can you imagine making... 13 episodes a year, and they do about 20 episodes a year, $4 million for voice. And we could all kind of do the, the Hoppa commercial guy, right? Kind of. A little bit skosh. Kind of. Um, other stories of note today. In tech, there's a big story tied towards Yahoo! And it's Marissa Mayer, and she was speaking at a conference last night, and she said, you know, we got 400, mobile, 400 million mobile users. What you have is Alibaba, and what you have is Yahoo Japan. What you need is 400 million mobile users making you some money in the United States. That's not what you have. So they still have some, you know, ways to go. The best mobile right now is the mobile companies that have the platform where you need it in your local community. Like, I don't need Yahoo Mobile while I'm driving around to check sports scores. Don't need it. Yahoo Mobile is in my bedroom late at night while I'm going to bed. You know, pull out the old iPad and zip, 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 check sports scores, go to bed. So companies like Yelp, they have the mobile product when I'm driving around and I need a gasoline or I need a good rating on restaurants, or I need a good rating on, on a place to stay. So Yelp is able to charge more because of that. Um, other stories of note? Hmm. We keep talking a little bit more about that whole snapshot angle and how they're starting to take eyeballs away from Facebook. It's going to be interesting to see how... Snapchat plans to make money. Keep in mind, one of the things that's really unique about it is once the image is gone, it's gone. So you may have a more captive audience versus a Facebook like, yeah, I'll just check up on all my 
friends and their activities later. Snapchat and its investors are delusional, maybe. You know, when you turn down a $3 billion all-cash offer from Facebook, they don't have revenue. Even $1 billion offer for a company like this, it's considered insane. But the instant consensus is nothing new in the world of technology. We make our instant consensus based on, oh, you don't even have revenue, and yet you're willing not to be bought for $3 billion? So instead of yelling stupidity, why don't you try to look at it and say, what can they do? Put the $3 billion into context. At some point, every successful tech company will trade at normal earnings multiple, say 20 to 25 times earnings, which is kind of what we used in the 1990s to value tech companies. Now it's probably down to more like 15 to 20 for the more mature companies. So how can Snapchat be worth $3 billion? You have to assume Snapchat will one day generate, say, $500 million of revenue and $200 million of profit. And that's kind of where you start. You start with advertising, you start with some virtual goods. Scaling's easy. Anyhow, you're listening to me, Rob Black. You can find me online at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. Pick up the phone today, 800-516-1220. I'd like some calls. Hint, hint, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, poke, poke. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in there. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. We could talk about Obama. His approval rating and the approval rating for Obamacare continues to plummet. We now know that 40% of the website's not even complete yet. Whoa. Major ramifications in next year's elections. Coming up, we're going to be talking the economy in the show with Jeff Rosen, Dr. Jeff Rosen, Chief Economist at Briefing.com. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. AM 1220 KDOW traffic. Sigler continues in Puerto Madera. This Bay Area update brought to you by Garmin. Southbound 101. Black and your money. Money in 1220, KDOW. I saw something awesome the other day. I was at a grocery store. A guy was Sunday, so it was football day. And a guy was buying copious amounts of alcohol. And you could tell he was having a party, right? Mm, beer. What was the best part was he was buying a various types of goldfish as if goldfish farms, as if goldfish were like the staple party food for an adult 35 year old male at a party palate not changed much since third grade eh so if that guy's listening hopefully you get the point home sales in October weakened more than forecasts October home sales fell for the second straight month that were below expectations now, one of the things that I try to keep an eyeball on is the millennials. Yesterday, Campbell Soup basically said, you know, earnings are down 30%. People, when they get in the grocery store, they, they veer left and they veer right. That's where the fresh fruit and fresh meat are, and that's where the deli is. 
people are starting to say, you know what, we don't want canned food because it can't possibly be good for you. What we have and what we call food in this country is embarrassing. Millennials are changing their, with their palates, they're going more fresh. It's just, it's common. We can see it. What's interesting to note about this is I can take that extrapolation and go, what about the value of my home? If I can see a millennial willing to throw money down at fresh food and not save money on food, I could also do the same thing with it. They're not going to buy my house. They're willing to live, live cheaper and smaller so they can afford fresh food. So I can now see a bigger risk to my real estate. If you can't do that extrapolation, you probably need some help financially, in my opinion. SP 500 is up 6, the Dow's up 41, the NASDAQ up 17. Let's welcome in CFP Chad Burton. Chad Burton is a certified financial planner with NewFocusFinancial.com. Expenses in retirement significantly impact your retirement cash flow. Some studies, studies suggest that retirement expenses may be 60 to 80% of your current expenses. I don't know if I trust any of these studies because we all differ like golden clay. Those studies are ridiculous. I don't know if they've ever looked at anybody when they actually retire. From my experience, people spend more money the first five years of retirement than when they were working. Now, every, almost every single time. Is it fair to say that age 60 to 70 in retirement, your expenses, you should probably count on 100% of what you're doing while you're working? or maybe? It's, it's typically more. Okay, you think it's more. Okay. Because what happens when you retire, and I've, I've said this so many times on the air, I know, but it, it, still people have to be aware. When you're working, you get your health insurance paid for. Right. When you turn 65, you have to sign up for Medicare. Medicare Part A is free. Medicare Part B costs you over 115 bucks a month, but it's still not enough. So you need supplemental insurance, you need prescription drug coverage, and you need long-term care protection as well on top of those costs. So you have to figure five to $700 a month per person in retirement. You have to figure your expenses for your vacations. And a lot of retired people are now having to help their kids, Rob, because the unemployment rate coming out of college is, is, is a little bit too high. Um, and you should focus on that now, too, if you're you know, 40 years old planning for your kid's college education and they come to you and they want to major in philosophy yep. and you're going to send them to a high college cost for that, you are wasting your money because they're going to just be living on your couch or in your basement again. So, so beware of that. Having a budget is critically important. And let me explain how boring having a budget is. You have housing costs, garden, home repair, home insurance, landscaping, property taxes, rent. Uh, telephone, utilities, waste disposal. You have transportation, bus, gas, insurance, license, parking, repairs, vehicle payment. You've got food and beverages, groceries, beverages, restaurants, personal work, appliances. You've got clothing. You've got entertainment. You've got education. You've got gifts that you want to give, medical and dental, obligations like child support, um, postage, life insurance, disability insurance, credit cards. You've got personal care like haircuts. Most people don't think of everything that you have to budget and – in retirement, you got no more. You're not going back to work, so it's critically important that you have a detailed budget that includes pets. If you got a dog or cat in retirement, and the dog gets sick, that's a couple thousand dollars sometimes. You, I can't even start an investment portfolio plan for a person unless I know approximately what they're spending. Right. Because cash is king. Right. All right. So use the stupid term cash is king for any portfolio, and when you're younger. Minimum of six months of expenses in your emergency reserves. If you're in like a, the tech industry, sales where people jump jobs all the time, yeah. or the healthcare sales industry where every two to three years they're working somewhere else, um, a lot of times we'll have those families have at least a year. But when you're retired, it's key that you have three years' worth of expenses. And so I have to figure out how much I have to carve out of the rest of the portfolio to keep in cash outside of management. 
and then I can go based on how long somebody's going to live, what they need for expenses, and figure out how much they need in stocks, bonds, commodities, and real estate. Um, but the expenses, like, you know, those long-term projections and a good financial plan, also in retirement, you have to ver- have a very good detailed income plan, a spreadsheet that you can look at that says year over year over the next 10 years, where is my money going to come from? Which accounts am I going to be drawing from in retirement? Yeah. And I can do that as long as I know what the expenses are, and that's key because you want to be comfortable in retirement and knowing where your dollar is going to come from out of which accounts, because people are retiring with Ross, IRAs, 401ks, taxable accounts, and it gets confusing. Which one do I draw from first? And a comfortable retirement is, is one where you're very aware of where the money's going to come from. A couple expenses that may actually decrease in retirement, I've tried to think of them because we're going with a negative on increases, but your taxes probably will go down. If you do it right, yeah. Your um, move to a state that has lower tax bracket, and it will. Or move to a state that has no sales tax, and it will. Um, the mortgage probably paid off. That's an expense that should go down in retirement. Mm-hmm. Um, what else would there be? Maybe a reverse mortgage where you could actually start drawing capital from your home and you're actually paying yourself instead of – you see where I'm trying to go with this? Yeah. So you know, if we hit these one at a time um, – the taxes that go down. If you do your income planning right, you can maintain a lower tax bracket in retirement. Okay. The problem is that people spend all their cash first and then their taxable accounts, and then they hit their IRAs. And at 70 and a half, you're forced to pull a certain money out of your IRA accounts whether or not you want to. So you, Roth. You can have your Roth go total. Right. Roth Roths don't have that minimum credit distribution. So people need to make sure that they're pulling they, – they look at their IRAs right from the start and pull enough out to maintain that 15% federal bracket – from the beginning, that way they can have a, a low level bracket for their entire lifetime rather than just put off the withdrawals forever. So that's how you have to deal with with that scenario. Um, other expenses that go down, it's really things like you know dry cleaning because you're not working anymore. Okay. Eating out should go down. Um, hopefully, but, hopefully your children's education costs have gone down. Right. Right. Otherwise, you're making babies at way too late of life. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else that we need to know about uh, managing your cash flow in retirement? Well, it, it, again, it's you know, unfortunately a lot of people go to a financial advisor, yep. and if they're not asking you those detailed questions or requiring it as part of a comprehensive financial plan, and then they give you some basic boilerplate plan, and at the end of it says buy this annuity or this insurance product, you know you're going the wrong direction. There you go. It has to be personalized and tailored. Yep. And they have to actually get to know you. Because like, if you have a special needs kid, I mean, there's just so many curveballs that could come up, and you don't want to see that... that Anyway, you get the idea. I've been speaking with CFP Chad Burton. It's Certified Financial Planner Chad Burton. You can find him online at newfocusfinancial.com. AAA is projecting 43.4 million Americans will travel 50 miles or more during the Thanksgiving holiday weekend, down 1.5% from last year. For the record, I turned down people's sexiest man alive. Congrats to my runner-up, Adam Levine. People Magazine is going to continue to cover others. I want AM 1220 KDOW traffic. Accident still tying up lanes in San Francisco in this. Strategies and solutions. The bottom line.
listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. Welcome back in. Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. One of the things I think we can do to better our society and to better ourselves financially is prepare our children better. When I was growing up, uh, we were allowed to go out and play all day long. There wasn't massive concerns about abductions, and if there were, my parents certainly didn't grasp them. The reason I say we need to prepare our kids a little bit better is we're starting to see some, you know, obviously quantifiable data. Children worldwide are out of shape. On average, it takes children 90 seconds longer to run a mile than their counterparts did 30 years ago. Being able to run a mile is heart-related fitness, and it's declined 5% in the last decade since 1975. For children age 9 to 17. We don't want Johnny to go out and sweat. We want him to do homework. We want him to watch a little TV. We want him to play in the backyard. We don't want Johnny to go out and sweat. Health experts want you to have your children get at least 60 minutes of moderately vigorous activity. Cardiovascular news is bad news right now for children. It only shoots up with age. We've had suburban sprawl, we've had fast food and chain expansion, we've had a lot more child poverty, all of which contribute to very poor, healthy eating standards. You have farm subsidies going much more toward crops used for unhealthy food than for fruits and vegetables. Again, what passes as food in our society is kind of gross. And again, not something you necessarily think about now, but down the road, you probably will. Home sales in October weakened more than forecast. This is important to note. Purchases of previously owned homes fell in October to the lowest level in four months. Limited supply and higher mortgage rates restrained some momentum. The housing recovery has pushed up home prices nearly everywhere. Home prices basically rose in the last 12 months in 225 out of 276 cities tracked. Rising home prices in Seattle, you know, Rising home prices in San Francisco. You name the market and we can talk about it, and it feels like it's been pushing people out of profitability. I got an email yesterday from a man who, him and his wife, combined make about 160000 They just bought a $640,000 townhouse right next to AT&T Ballpark. They're going to have a kid coming up in... 2014. So my first question in my head was, okay, she makes more than him. Is she going to stop going to work to raise the child? How, who's going to watch the baby when she is at work? That's not free. That's a major health care cost. Child care. So I'm hoping, when I looked at their salary, when I looked at how much they're putting in the house, I was like, okay, you need to look at your budget right now before it's too late and figure out what you can cut. Because my guess is you're well over 50% of your salary going to service that home. And he, he said, yeah, it is. And my wife just told me I'm not allowed to eat or drink anymore. He says, I love my wife, though. But I'm more concerned about that kid. In large part, her income is greater than his, and they're only making about 160. They should have bought a house around the 400000 level, not the 600000 level. But they wanted a house. Clearly, her biological clock was ticking, or maybe his was, and he wanted to nest. 
being pregnant is probably got to be the one of the most miraculous things on the planet. Guy and girl hook up. Baby grows inside the woman for nine months. That's a, I mean, that's a, almost a medical miracle. I don't know what it is. It's amazing. Procreation is amazing. But do you all see my concern with him? In the Bay Area, you can't really afford a house for a family unless... And again, let's just say the average house is 600000 As a household income, you need to be pulling in 250000 to afford a $600,000 average house. To afford a million-dollar home in a good school district that might have a little bit of a yard, you need to be pulling in 400000 plus. And that's not allowing for roof problems. That's not allowing for nice vacations. Which a lot of people are making four hundred thousand. They're doing some pretty nice vacations right now. Then they settle down and make a baby, and they still want those nice vacations. If you get your calls on the air, it's eight hundred five one six twelve twenty. It's eight hundred five one six twelve twenty. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. I do look at the different generations, and I do look at the different way they approach investing, in large part because I do think that gets us the ability to uh, understand trends of investing. You know, the trend of baby boomers retiring was a big story in the 1990s. Baby boomers are going to be retiring at record paces. They're going to be taking lots of Lipitor. They're going to be taking lots of... I don't know if you remember Viox, which is a painkiller that ultimately had some heart problems tied towards it. They're going to be taking lots of, lots of pharmaceuticals, right? And the pharmaceuticals who fabricate uh, these drugs were going to make a lot of money, and they did. The downside about the Merck's, the Pfizer's, and the Lilies is they spend an enormous amount on research, and then their patents expire. They lose their orphan drug status, and then they have to come up with more drugs. So they've been doing a great job of firing people or, you know, downsizing areas where they can. But um, I like Pfizer more than I like Merck. Just throwing it out there for you. Lily's nice. Uh, So what to watch for trends. Like the trend in the 90s for pharmaceuticals was huge. Pfizer's Viagra was the most um, second prescribed drug of all time. So doctors trusted it enough that they said, we'll use it again. And you saw an amazing run in the stock. You know, whether it was Merck or Pfizer or Lilly, everyone was like, hey, we need to come up with our cognitive drugs because so many people in this bracket of age are hitting that problem. Um, so, the, you know, the millennials, I can't underestimate, you know, I can't tell you. I met a millennial who, in the refrigerator, is just hardcore alcohol. No fresh food. Fresh food has to come from the market and has to be eaten while it's fresh. It doesn't stay in your fridge. Freeze, frozen food, not well liked by millennials either. So the way the millennials shop is a little different than the way I shop. So I grew up on like fast frozen pizza. I would rather die than eat frozen pizza today because my palate's changed to accepting the fresh much more so than the frozen. 
So frozen chicken nuggets, you know, we all grew up on them. Now it's at this point in time, they're just gross. So when we get to the grocery store, we're cutting left, we're cutting right. I think the millennials are, are 100% behind it, whereas Generation X is getting there. And the boomers, they're worried about retirement. Always consider shopping your insurance once a year. NerdWallet has an auto insurance comparison tool that approximates rates from several insurers based on key factors such as your gender, where you live, type of car you drive. So NerdWallet is a good resource for this. You should reshop your auto insurance in case you've had a minor traffic violation. Speeding tickets and accidents can impact insurance premiums. Your zip code changes. If you have a zip code change, you might find that you've been rezoned into an area that's a little bit more aggressive. Your car owner's insurance is going to go through the roof if you have a teenage driver. It's generally cheaper to add your teenagers to your policy, but sometimes you want to, you know, see if they can't buy their own policy, see what the difference is. You might find that Geico offers better family insurance with teenage drivers than, say, your current insurer. My insurers, I use Geico and USAA for all my insurance. Uh, that's personal and not commercial. Just throwing it out there. One of the reasons I do this show is so that I can get people to become well-funded parents, so that they have options for their children to go to college and they have options for themselves to retire with dignity. I don't really do the show for baby boomers. I do the show for Generation X and Generation Y, the millennials. But certainly there's some advice to be gleaned from the grandparents. How about this is the greatest gift you could give as a grandparent? Instead of this holiday season, you give money. Instead of this holiday season, you give some great toys. How about you take your kid to the, you know, the Hyatt on a Saturday and Sunday, give the parents a night off and do a grand vacation with the grandkids. Uh, that's kind of what the show's about. I hope you see that. I kind of get stuck with the, uh, you're a jerk, you're a jerk, you're a jerk, you're a jerk. Um, and that's not fair. Teach calls on the air, it's 800-516-1220, it's 800-516-1220. Let me know what you think of my thought on that person who makes 160000 as a couple buying a $640,000 home with a wife who's pregnant. She's the primary winner in salary. I think it's about 100000 to sixty. Was I wrong in thinking they're in for some trouble down the road quickly? 800-516-1220. You can find me online at robblack.com. Listen to CFP Chad Bird today on New Focus on Wealth from 1 to 2 here on KDOW. AM twelve twenty. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money 
on AM 1220 KDOW. So Toyota's going to begin selling a hydrogen environmentally friendly powered car. 2015, they think. They unveiled it at the LA Auto Show. They think they can achieve mass market. It's a blue sedan. It's shaped like a drop of water. I'm trying to emphasize that its only substance is hydrogen powering it. Um, that's the only thing coming out of its tailpipes. Toyota calls the concept FCV. One of the several vehicles with alternative powertrains to take the spotlight at the Tokyo Motor Show, as well as the LA Auto Show. Honda is set to unveil a concept version of its new car it plans to introduce in 2015. Hyundai, which is based in South Korea, they plan to intend to uh, beat both Japanese rivals to market next year with a hydrogen-powered vehicle. You know, the market's going to grow from very few in 2015 to 2 million sold annually by 2030. Maybe 1,000 this year or uh, 2015. So is that going to be enough? And what will that do to Tesla? You don't have to believe in this per se. You don't have to say, like, well, I think Tesla's still going to you know, be all that in a bucket chicken. You just need to know the risks and the rewards. Um, and you need to understand that you know, a company like Toyota has manufacturing strength that companies like Tesla doesn't. And again, am I telling you to do anything I'm not? But know the flags, know the risks. 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Lowe's, Smucker, Pennies, they all came up short of expectations. Deer beat by a lot. Staples was in line. But it's all about what you say going forward. It's a stock market of what have you done for me lately. What are you going to do for me next? So past is known... Past performance not indicative of future returns. Consultant work advisor, particularly the action of these stocks mentioned, right? That's the disclaimer that you always hear. In theory, Wall Street's a discounting mechanism. Looking six months ahead. Now, can it be perfect doing that? No. NASDAQ and the SP 500 are rebounding after a couple consecutive down days to the tune of it's a positive day. Uh, it's not glorious, but it's positive. SP 500 is up three, the NASDAQ is up ten, the Dow is up four. Gold sits at $12.63 an ounce. Crude oil sits at $93 a barrel. Ten-year treasury sits at 2.71%. To me, cyber retail is Black Friday every day. And it's one of the stories that I think people continue to forget as we kind of ebb and flow back and forth in some of these stories. The ruination of Thanksgiving by being open on Thanksgiving Day started happening when they had to really aggressively compete with online. That's why we're that's why we're working on Thanksgiving. That's why we're going shopping on Thanksgiving. Is because people are at home doing it online. Before there was an online people would say, well, you know what, I'm in Sin's house all day long, I'm gonna go out tomorrow and shop. Walmart touts its ninety eight dollar T V in the weakest holiday season since two thousand nine. You know, it's panicky spittle. 
Americans have lost no sense of history. Black Friday didn't get its name because retailers traditionally hurl their doors open in pre-dawn hours. Black is referred to that period between Thanksgiving and Christmas where companies turn profitable. For the year, merchants make make their money, make their profits when we aggressively buy for loved ones. Walmart, Nordstrom, Tiffany, they all differ like golden clay. But again, this all really got its war going on because of Amazon and Black Fridays. A survey of toys at Amazon are priced slightly lower than it would be found at Walmart. Even when you start kicking in promotions, Target, Walmart, Best Buy, they've made its it state stated policy to match any of the competitors, including Amazon. I'm stunned by people that go out at midnight and sprint through retail stores. Maybe there's something about trying to get out some track time and burning off some of that turkey. But I don't see any glee in running around the store as fast as you can trying to buy stuff. That sounds like a nightmare to me. Retail sales were unaffected by the government shutdown. October reading beat expectations. CPI slips fractionally to a, to a 1.7% decrease in energy prices, gasoline. The dollar is being pressured. Dollar yen. The trade deficit widened from Japan. Surge in energy imports responsible for most of the increase. Hmm. So much to talk about. To get your calls in the air, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. One of the things that I, I will throw in on occasion is you have to start mentally getting tougher. Get mentally tougher, I think you succeed further in life. I'd never feel, take time to feel sorry for myself. I'm exhausted. But, oh well. Next. I never give away my power. Mentally strong people avoid giving powers to others that let us make ourselves feel inferior. If you feel down because someone called you a bad name, it's because you let yourself be called. It's because you let yourself be labeled that. I laugh at people when they try to insult me. Um, mentally strong people embrace change. They welcome the challenge. You know, they don't waste energy on things they can't control. Bad traffic, I don't get upset. I just find something on the radio that I want to listen to. Lost luggage, no stress. I was born naked. I can live naked. Ooh, too much information, huh? Give this to me, Rob Black. You can find me online at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. Don't forget to listen to CFP Chad Burton's new focus on wealth today from 1 to 2. Give me any feedback you want to give me. Rob at robblack.com. It's rob at robblack.com. Can't you feel the cold wind howling down blowing my song? Rob Black. The year's winding down, and I'm doing two Black Wednesdays with a twist. One December 4th Wednesday at Steelhead Brewery in Burlingame, and the other event at the Fault Line Brewery in Sunnyvale on Wednesday, December 11th. Both events start roughly at 3 and run to 5.30. The twist is it's also a charitable phone fund drive where if you want to donate an old or broken smartphone, bring it out. I'll collect it. I'll donate it to a nonprofit charity, and you get the tax right off. Again, December 4th at Steelhead Brewery in Burlingame, Fault Line Brewery in Sunnyvale on December 11th. Bring a copy of your portfolio. Bring financial questions. I'm going to give you a good, honest second opinion, or I'll 
send you feedback for how you're doing at getting financially secure. If you can't make the event and still want to drop off an old or broken phone, email me, rob at robblack.com, and I'll tell you how. Again, Black Wednesday get-togethers, December 4th at Steelhead Brewery in Burlingame, and the other one, Faultline Brewery in Sunnyvale, on December 11th, one week later. Both events are between 3 and 5.30. For more information, go to robblack.com. Hope to see you there. Investment advice. And according to the financial experts at U.S. News. 130 again. Fun. Business owner on a mission. You've had a taste by Rob Black and his guests in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finances, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you. At 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now, to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Wall Street Business Network. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. What's on your financial mind? We could talk John Deere. We could talk Madonna. Madonna in the news tied towards what she made last year. Stop and take a quick thought, a quick guess in your head. I'll give you a second. I'll give you a second. Madonna, we're living in the material world. Life is a mystery. What do you think? What do you think? What do you think? Madonna tops Forbes list last year. She pulled in $125 million. $125 million for the 55-year-old veteran. She beat out Rihanna and Paul McCartney for the top spot. Her MDNA tour grossed $305 million. Gaga. Comes in second at $80 million. Bon Jovi, $79 million. Toby Keith, highest paid country artist at $65 million. Justin Bieber beat out Taylor Swift, $58 million. Taylor's $55 million. Um, am I offended by this? So, ticket sale, royalties, publishing, merch, endorsements. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. John Deere's latest outlook on global agriculture shows farmers' wallets kind of taking a hit. A um, couple exceptions. It looks pretty weak. Deere projects global sales are going to decline by 6% next year as commodity price declines, which will in turn hit farm income and dampen demand for equipment. What else do we need to know? Oh, I'm sure there's something. Stocks are rising. See if I can't pull up some market numbers for you briefly. 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Um, cyber retail. I, I, yeah, I guess that story's okay. The SP 500's up three. The Dow's up four. NASDAQ's up ten. We've had a great year on the markets. I'm getting tired of saying, is the market overpriced? Because it's never fairly priced. It's always going to be overpriced or underpriced. Depends on your perspective. But Deere projecting global sales are going to decline by 6% due to commodities declining. Well, that's good news and bad news, right? Madonna making $125 million last year is nothing but bad news, in my opinion. And you're saying, why are you a hater? Credit card late payments are on the rise ever so slightly. Average credit card debt per borrower fell in the third quarter. More Americans fell behind on credit card payments in the third quarter. Remember last... I was telling you about a couple that makes 160, and they just bought a 
home in San Francisco. They're going to have a baby in early 2014, and she makes a little bit more than him, like 100000 to 60000 And how nervous I am for them, because over 50% of their salaries go and service their income or their debt. I hope they're realistic. If she's doing maternity leave, I know what she's going to do with the baby. So I think she has to go back to work on that salary. And when you go back to work, you got to give up your baby. Not literally give it up, but for a period of time, you do, yeah. Rate of credit card payments, at least 90 days overdue. Rose, I bring this up because as a couple, they'd saved a pretty good amount in a 401k. Now, they, they basically drained all their savings to buy the house. They've still got a huge payment. But I was a little freaked out by, he saw us said, we got too much credit card debt. I'm like, dude, you've just had your last beer. You've just had your last dinner out for a while until you get rid of that credit card debt. You're 32 years old. 32 years old, you've got to stop the silly debt issues. So debt for Americans on credit card. Payments over 90 days rose. 1.36% 1.36% from previous three-month period of 1.27. That's pretty low if you go back historically. Other stories of note today. Toyota showing off a fuel cell automobile. Elvis Presley has been sold. He left the building 36 years ago. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Authentic brands. They purchased the intellectual property associated with rock and roll icon from Core Media. So now we get to see commercials with Elvis for authentic brands. Authentic brands also controls Marilyn Monroe, Juicy Couture. They want to manage global rights to Elvis photos, album covers, posters, video, and events like Elvis Week. First, there was Shark Week, where we showed you the terror of sharks in the ocean, eating other sharks. And humans. Now, it's Elvis week. See why Elvis's colon weighed 36 pounds upon his death. He was big and bloated, but why a 36-pound colon? We reveal the answer tonight on Elvis week. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Can you imagine your colon weighing 36 pounds upon your death? Like, there's some serious amount of, like, build-up there. Need a cleaner. Uh, clean, not, clean up on aisle three. Clean up on aisle three. I don't... I should just stop that whole image, right? Probably a good idea. California just saw an increase in real estate agents. Here's what I love about... And here's what I hate about real estate agents. I think there's too many. I think it's too easy to get into. I think it's very tough to survive, but the ones that do, they deserve it. Congratulations. But the ones that don't, they hurt some people along the way because they don't know what they're really talking about. So California hosted Batkid, San Francisco in particular. For the record, I'm against Batkid. And here you're saying, how can you be against Batkid? How can you be against a kid who battled cancer and won? The bill for San Francisco's Bat Kid Day, $105,000. Now, it's clearly going to bring some tourists to the city.
Make-A-Wish Foundation, the organization that arranged the big day. Five-year-old leukemia patient, Miles Scott, figured out a few hundred volunteers showed up. Turned out to be 14,500. And that's actually a good thing and a bad thing, because you actually do go out and spend money on the economy. It's cute because it does bring in conversations from Dave Letterman, Jay Leno, Ellen DeGeneres. Hollywood jumps in. But it does bring in to that question of like, does every kid not deserve this? And who do we say no to? I don't know. I don't need to see Lucille in the off season. Just me. Just me. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Are you a little bit freaked out that um, we spent that kind of money? Fourth of July fireworks show, $150,000 for the city of San Francisco. Now, they're all regular duty cops. All they did was move them around from one part of the city to another. They do that normally many times during the year for many events. And again, I'm not really upset at Bat Kid. Please don't think that I'm that guy. I'm upset at People Magazine. Even Animal Event, Sexiest Man Alive. Once again, I get bombed. So what do you think about government spending money to ultimately get a pretty good press release about the city? On a nice sunny day? I'm Rob Black. This is Rob Black and your money. AM 1220 KDO. Market Minute. You're listening to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDO. And iHeart Radio Station. So the Simpsons have been running for 24 seasons, maybe 25 now. Last week they signed the biggest TV syndication deal in history. It includes pay TV, video on demand, streaming rights to the animated show. What do you think 25 years of the Simpsons gets you? A lot. It could be worth up to 100 plus million dollars. To get your calls on the air, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Taking a quick look at some of the market numbers. Um, what do we have today? We've, we've had a record high, like too many days. And then down markets aren't really turning down. They're just being buying opportunities. It's got some people in the media worried. It's a positive problem to have, I see it. SP 500 is up 3, the Dow's up 10, the NASDAQ up 11. Joining me now, CFP Chad Burton. You can hear his show Monday through Fridays here on KDOW from 1 to 2 p.m., new focus on wealth. Mr. Burton, let's talk about Roth conversions. What is a Roth conversion, and why should I care? Uh, Roth conversion is when you say, okay, I've got an IRA okay. or 
401k and I want to pay the taxes now and put it into a Roth IRA so it grows tax-free for the rest of my life. And it's an account that you can access. As long as it's been five years and you're over age 59 and a half, you can access it tax-free. All of the growth, contributions, everything for the rest of your life. Now, who would want to do a Roth? Who would want to pay taxes now? Well, people that are that are in lower than average tax bracket. So it's a lot easier to, to have this conversation when you're in states like Washington where there's no state income tax. Okay. But in California, you have to deal with state income tax and federal tax. So if you have an account, you have an IRA, you're like, hey, you know what? I'm at, I'm going to be at a low tax bracket. Like I've had, one time I had an engineer from Intel take an 18-month sabbatical. They just needed some time off. They're taking a sabbatical. It's something they allowed them to do. So very low tax bracket because he was living off cash while he was off vacationing and doing some things he wanted to do. And so we were able to convert a large amount of his IRA over a couple of years at a very low bracket, a lower bracket than he'll ever be, um, and pay the taxes now. But the key is is he had cash outside of the accounts to pay the taxes. That's the other reason why this is the only time it makes sense is when you have cash outside the account to pay the taxes. You have to have cash on hand and be at a lower bracket. And where this comes in as well is that high-income workers, they, they end up, if they have diversified assets, in other words, they have cash, they have brokerage accounts, and they have pre-tax accounts and 401ks, between the ages of 65 and 70 and a half, you can enjoy a very low tax bracket. But by 70 and a half, you're forced to pull money out of your IRAs and 401ks, even if you don't want to, and your tax bracket starts to go up. So there's a sweet spot at retirement where for that five-year period, if you do your calculations right, you can convert. You say, okay, I'm always going to be at a 25% bracket at once I hit 70 and a half. So I might as well convert enough of my IRA each year to max out that existing marginal bracket. So boom, by age 70 and a half, not only do my required minimum distributions go way down because I've converted large chunks of my IRA, but now I have this big tax-free account that I can draw on for the rest of my life. And another benefit of a Roth is that you can... You don't have to draw on it at any point in time, or right. so you can you, don't, you can't keep funding it, right? But you don't have to draw on it. So yeah, there's no IRA funding after age 70 and a half. It's not allowed. But let's say your grandma, right? Yeah. And you're realizing you're looking at your grandkids, and you're sitting there with your pension from IBM, Lockheed Martin, something like that, and you're looking at your grandkids and just saying, you know, they're going to have issues getting health care. Okay. They're going to have no pension. Social Security is probably not going to be around for them. I want to leave them some sort of a legacy. Well, if Grandma's got you know this great big IRA that she just doesn't even need, she's just taking her minimum required distributions and doesn't even want that because she's saved enough or has a pension, she could convert that large IRA to a Roth IRA. Really? And when she does that, she doesn't have to take required minimum distributions anymore. She could leave child, grandchild is the beneficiary, and when she passes, that child can roll that IRA account, that Roth IRA, into an inherited Roth IRA and have a tax-free account for the rest of their lives. It's one of the best assets you could leave somebody as a Roth IRA. Nice. And so that, the, that grandchild would just take a little bit out each year based on their life expectancy. They could take out more if they wanted to. And, you know, it's a great, you can call it grandma's pension to the grandchild. <laughs> Grandma's pension, the grandchild. Yep, that's right. That's kind of interesting. It's it's not going to be marketed by fidelity that way. I get the feeling. <laughs> no, it's not. You know, that's we, we're running out of time. But that's something that I want people to realize that like five twenty nine plans, they're they're accounts that are marketed. 
Um, it's something to think about. It's like just think about money a little bit differently. Always question, do you really need this, or did I just see a commercial for this? That's Chad Burton. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. Now, Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Don't be shy. I think that's the biggest mistake you can make. I promise I don't bite. I promise that if I'm rude to you, it's just shtick in the sense of maybe you are that far off on your thoughts as far as investing goes. and Maybe you do need to um, change some of your thoughts as an investor. What do I mean by that? Um... It's okay that you and I can disagree, as long as you understand I'm just a second opinion. And maybe I'm trying to inspire you, maybe I'm trying to push you. I saw a pretty cool uh, technology. And I, I pulled a bulky wallet out of my back jean pocket the other day. I said, I can't wait for this to be replaced with this. And I pulled out a cell phone. There's now a credit card, one credit card that can hold all your cards. It was one of those cards that was introduced on uh, a website where it's you know collecting money to see if you want to crowdsource it. The credit card's called Coin. It's aiming to replace the wallet with a single card that can manage multiple credit accounts, gift cards, and loyalty cards. It's got a Bluetooth low-energy transmitter that pushes notifications to user's smartphone if the card is left outside the proximity. The card features a small LCD display and, and buttons that users can select which card they want to use, and it'll... Do the swipe as well. One card to rule them all. Right? Come on, work with me on this one. John Deere basically said, global sales are going to decline by 6% next year's commodity prices decline. It's going to make it tougher to be a winner in commodities if you see a price decline. So, sometimes there's winners and losers, though, with that. If corn prices fall a lot and wheat prices jump probably time to buy corn as more users will switch to corn and consume it this is Rob Black and your money I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money investing and more pick up the phone give me a call 800-516-1220 no phone calls today at some point in time I quit doing this 800-516-1220 call while you can Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Don't be shy. 800 516 1220. 800 516 Dr. Jeff Rosen. Dr. Jeff Rosen, ChiefConomistBriefing.com. How are you, Mr. Rosen? Good. How about yourself? Good. Getting caught up on all the economic data from the government shutdown? 
Yeah, we get a nice slew of reports over the next couple of days. Makes things interesting. How are you feeling so far as far as the economy? I'm actually uh, pretty bullish right now. I mean, we had the government shut down in October, and a lot of people thought, uh, you know, including us initially, that there was going to be a huge drop off in, uh, in economic growth because of that. And then we get an in October retail sales report out this morning that easily beat expectations. And if you strip out some of the um, this investment type uh, components like uh, automobiles, gasoline, and, and building materials, you had uh, a huge gain in what we consider core retail sales, and that bodes well for uh, the consumption uh, overall. And then when you highlight that you had a negative print on CPI, that only makes the real numbers look even better. So, you know, right off the bat, you know, when we thought we were having some kind of big drag on the economy, the first month of the quarter is looking really good. Why do you think that is? That and I, you were expecting worse case than expected. Why do you think the consumer keeps rising to the occasion and, and making us look wrong? Well, a lot of this has to do with the fact that Congress um, agreed to pay the furloughed workers uh, back pay. Okay. So you know, you had a. You know, close to a million people out of work because of this government shutdown. And there was a real opportunity where they weren't going to get paid, and, you know, there would be a big drop in spending because of that. But since Congress essentially gave them a paid vacation, you know, those consumer and those, those workers knew about it pretty much right when it started, there was no holding out on, uh, on purchases. So spending went on as normal. And then combine that with a, you know, really nice rising stock market in October, and, and you had grounds for a really good uh, uh, retail sales report. You know, okay. basically the, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Finish. Well, I mean, basically, every all these expectations came out because you saw such a huge drop in consumer sentiment and consumer confidence. And, you know, a lot of people take those and go, oh, man, the consumer's feeling really bad. They're not going to buy. But in reality, there is very little correlation between how people feel and what they actually spend. So the fact that their incomes didn't drop and it actually rose modestly given uh, that we had an above-average employment report, you know, everything was set for a, for a strong consumption month, even though people were saying, oh, woe is me, everything sucks, and uh, we're not going to spend. That just didn't turn out to be true. The confidence numbers I've always tried to explain is we feel bad for our neighbors. We feel bad for the people we hear who are being dropped by health care, Obamacare. But yet we're okay. We have a job, and we continue to spend. It's We feel bad for our neighbors, kind of. Is that what you're getting at, where consumers continue to, like, spend because we're kind of projecting that it must be worse for our neighbors? Yeah, I mean, it's a little bit of... You know, you're getting all this attention. You're seeing rising oil prices, or you're hearing that the you know, employment rate is is going up, or you feel from the media attention that things are getting bad. But you know, you live in a micro bubble, not in a macro world. So as long as your micro bubble seems seems fine, you're going to spend as if nothing else is going you know is going badly around you. Now, if you feel like your job is at stake, and you can tell by you know how your company is doing. Then you're going to pull back on spending, and you'll increase your savings. You know, in concern that you might be laid off. But if your micro bubble remains intact, you know, you may feel bad. You may believe things are getting worse, but it's not going to affect how you actually spend your uh, your income. There's a story out of John Deere today, and I'm speaking with Dr. Jeff Rosen, Chief Economist, Briefing.com. There's a story out of John Deere that where they're basically saying 
next year commodity prices are going to decline. Now, I say on one hand it's good because if things are cheaper, then, well, there's no inflation, and we consume as a nation, we consume as a world. But then again, if things are cheaper, then maybe the farmer doesn't make as much money, and he decides to change the way he views the world and change the way he plants. Is there ever a right answer? Because, honestly, I find myself presenting both sides more and more and just backing away from the data. That's probably the best way of looking at it. I mean, the reason why Fed strips out, you know, commodities when they look at inflation, you know, especially energy and food, <clears throat> is that, you know, generally you have big rises one side, big falls on another, and, you know, over time it, you know, kind of averages out to follow just a normal inflationary trend. So, you know, looking at both sides then, you know, like the farmer example, you know, it, it could be good for the farmer, it could be bad for the farmer, it could be good for the consumer, it could be bad for the consumer. The overall aggregate is probably uh, a net zero. So, you know, it probably doesn't make that much of a difference. Then Renanke is going out with a bang. He is talking about his policies pretty aggressively at this point in time. It seems like he's setting up Janet Yellen to take full control and do what she wants to do, but he's also setting her up for a low interest rate environment for the foreseeable future. Um, that 10-year treasury, it's just, it's so funny because, uh, seriously, I get interviewed every day on television, and one of the questions they asked, it's like, Bernanke said this, is this a good thing or a bad thing? And it's kind of a bad thing with good results in the sense that our economy is weak. Is that a fair thing to say? Cheap monetary policy is a, a bad economy, but a good result. It is for the stock market. I mean, it's right. moving people out of bonds and into risky assets, which is driving up prices. Um, yet, uh, Larry Summers, I believe, at the IMF meetings last week, say that bubbles are not necessarily a bad thing and, and are needed to uh, to drive uh, unemployment down to uh, to you know full employment levels, you know, four and a half, five percent. And without you know these type of moves, you, you can't get uh, the unemployment rate at that type of level. So. You know, in that respect, it's a good thing if, if you believe the numbers. Um, you know, I think what they're realizing is that quantitative easing, you know, on the purchasing side, isn't doing what it needs to do. Uh, there's, there's not much more that it can do. And since long-term rates follow expected values of, of short-term Fed funds rates, you know, the, by signaling that you're not going to raise rates and you're going to keep them low even if the unemployment level falls below what your threshold originally was, you're trying to say to um, to bondholders or bond buyers that, look, you know, the 10-year, you, know, you may be getting it at 2.5% today or 2.75% today, but we don't expect to have Fed funds rate changing for three years. By doing that, you're paying too much for the bond right now, so drop that price, and that's what they're trying to do. Speaking with Dr. Jeff Rosen, ChiefConnorsBriefing.com, CPI number slips due to a decrease in energy prices. That basically means we've got more money in our pocket because we're spending less on gas and we as a nation are consumers. Um, what are you working on right now that you think is significant for us to note, Mr. Rosen? Uh, just looking at housing numbers because that's – what came out today as well? Okay. We had a 
a fairly decent uh, housing report, in my opinion. I thought we were going to drop below 5 million sales in uh, October. We didn't. I mean, it was, it was worse than expected in terms of the consensus, but I thought things were going to get worse than that just because uh, the government shut down delayed um, application processes because the IRS was closed. So I want to see how those look uh, on trending upwards, if we're going to see a positive spike in November or not, and trying to get a feel what the shadow inventory levels are and, uh, you know, what the distress levels look like to see if we're going to get a, a nice pop in sales sometime soon. How do you feel the housing market ends? Um, it seems like we went from a speculative consumer market to a correction to a speculative investor market where consumers are kind of getting you know priced out of it, um, or first-time home buyers are at least in my world, maybe not yours. How do you think this housing market ends? Does it settle back down into traditional norms, or does it just seem to roller coaster through for a couple more cycles? Uh, yeah, I think we're going to still get a bunch of ups and downs just because it hasn't been a smooth transition from speculation to homeowner purchases. You, you, you did get this, you know, big halves in terms of investors buying at low prices, which have push prices up. You know, I think we've been rising in existing home prices double digits for like the last 11 consecutive months or something like that. So uh, that type of gains aren't sustainable. And, you know, we, we're still pricing too high. And, and people are, are believing that prices are going to continue to go up. So they've been holding back on trying to sell their properties because they think they're going to get more money, you know, in a little bit in the future. So we're keeping inventories artificially constrained and we're, and we're keeping prices artificially inflated and, and that makes a difficult time to transition into a smooth uh, consumer established uh, housing market is the housing market important or is it more of a transference of wealth from one person to the next and the importance may come from the retail angle like a home depot or am i understating that I think you're understating it. I think that the housing market's important because, you know, it it factors into household formation. It, it allows people to couple up. It allows people to, you know, create families, which will increase the population, which gives uh, a boost to economic growth once those people reach uh, working age, you know, working age populations. So in that respect, it, it's a very beneficial thing. And it also, in a... Uh, it's usually a leader in terms of uh, economic growth out of a down cycle because when interest rates are low, you generally want to buy big, durable items such as housing, such as autos, stuff like that. So when you're having a you know a market that's depressed by artificial constraints on credit and whatnot, uh, it makes things difficult to come out of a recession when the low interest rate items aren't desirable. Thanks very much. It's Dr. Jeff Rosen, Chief Economist, Briefing.com, independent live market analysis of the U.S. and international markets. AM Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. 
Welcome back in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, invested, and more. World Cup is coming up next summer. We have the Winter Olympics this winter. That's big for international sports, and that's big for companies like Nike. I like Nike for a long-term patient investor. I'm a big fan of the World Cup, 32 teams. U.S. is going to have it tough. In large part, the top eight teams kind of get seated in one pot. Then European teams get seated in another pot. They're pretty good teams. And then you get the Latin American, South African teams pretty much they're being seated in another pot. And then you get the United States pot, which has got some Norse teams in it. And you can't draw one of the own pots. Would we love to play Iran? Yeah. Or Korea? Sure. Australia? Why not? Costa Rica? We could do that one. Honduras? We could own that one. But they're all in our pot, so we can't do them. Tells you that... Eh, I'm not going to say what it tells you. But uh, Nike, long-term patient investor. Uh, would I own shares of Nike? Yeah. Do I expect any, any wealth accumulation? On a five-year basis, 10-year basis, 20-year basis, 30-year basis, 40-year basis, yeah. But on a one or two? No. Got an email from Matt. He says, I've heard a good rule of thumb for asset allocation is your age and bonds. I disagree. Um, I think with interest rates as low as they are right now, the only thing I'd consider is high-quality corporate bonds. Um, I'd look for some bond alternatives like real estate investment trusts that you're comfortable with. Um, I would look for some other bond alternatives as well. Um, I think age 30 is too young to be in a bond market or especially a bond fund. Just my opinion. There's an IPO that just came public that I can't pronounce called Zulily. I'm assuming that's what it is. Um, it's name definitely keep working on the radar. Expect for a huge pop, dive lower, stabilize, ultimately move higher. That's kind of been the money 2.0 kind of plays in the last couple of years. Speaking of which, you know a company that came public that we stopped talking about almost instantly? Twitter. Trades at $40 a share. I'm interested in Twitter at $40 a share. I'm much more interested at $35. Tesla, I'm interested at $130 a share. I'm much more interested at $120 a share. It's at $121 today. Now, that's for speculative money. He just had a question about a guy said, how much do you need in bonds? And I had an opinion. I think you need to understand that bonds are not speculative per se. Right? 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. Kind of an odd little story that I can't really say it's all that. Um, $1.2 million in gold bars found in a Boeing 787 bathroom. <laughs> Question for you. If you found $1.2 million of gold bars in a bathroom, what would you do? It's 24 gold bars. I'm pretty sure you can't just carry them out. Two bag stash were found in an apartment in the bathroom. Um, India is the world's largest consumer of gold and smuggling has become rampant. In October, four men were arrested for stashing 70 pounds of gold biscuits in a laboratory on an Air, Invi- Air India flight. To get 
your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220. To get your calls in the air, it's 800-516-1220. Um, Bitcoin, I still don't have an angle for you. It's just too risky. Is there upside? Sure. Is there downside? Sure. It's just too risky for me. So we have a market that's continually to make good highs. It's not really selling off. I don't see a reason for it to at this point in time. The valuation's starting to get stretched for sure. So there's no doubt that you can take a look at, like, maybe I should you know, expose myself to some areas that have lower valuations. Inflation's not that big of a concern right now. Retail sales are better than expected. Low cost of money. Low, relative low defaults on credit cards. So I don't see a disaster there. Um, cyber retail. Black Friday, Black Thursday now, work on Thanksgiving. It's funny what a land grab people act like is going on in retail. And I just don't get it. Like, I don't get that whole, I'm going to go run as fast as I can to grab a $98 TV. I guess it's because I make a pretty good living and I don't need to run as fast as I can to get a $98 TV. And I've already got a bigger TV than that, so not stressed. Although I will tell you what, when you have a TV that doesn't do high definition well, and you have a TV that does do high definition well, oh, it's so discouraging. JCPenney's post loss, but calls sales encouraging. Stock is getting rewarded there. GM's going to take on Subaru with a small pickup, and that's negative GM because fewer people will get after their GM Silverado, a Chevy Silverado. GM knows that it's got to make some inroads in California, Colorado, New York, and other places where buyers are abundant for mid-sized pickups versus the full-sized Silverado. Um, The Colorado and its GMC sister, the Canyon, will be aimed at another market where workers who need trucks but not as big as Silverado and GMC Sierra. Smaller trucks do more than look good. And you can use them for sure for hauling and pushing. To get your calls in the air, it's 800-516-1220. I do have an event coming up, and I don't want to go too hardcore into it yet, but I'm going to do a couple Black Wednesdays in December. I'm going to bring some stock picks for you for 2014. If you bring me an old used phone, I'll recycle it for you. If you can't make the Black Wednesdays, drop me an email, rob at robblack.com, and I'll tell you an address where you can maybe send them or drop them off. Thanks for listening to the show. Thanks for supporting the show. You'll find me back in 22 hours. Take care. Have a good day. and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.